Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all? Welcome back into this episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. You're listening on the Believe Network. I'm Jacob Sersosimo, and this is the best time of year. I don't only say that because, you know, school's starting again and fall's in the air and, you know, football's around the corner, playoff baseball, October's around the corner. In the middle of all that is the greatest sporting event of the year that is the U.S. Open. It starts on August 28th. It is the best sporting event in the world, I believe. The record number of crowds that they get over the course of two weeks. It's Labor Day weekend. It's hot. It's rainy. Thunderstorms. It's cold. All of that. They get it all at the USTA National Tennis Center in New York City. It is time for the U.S. Open. I couldn't be more excited. Per usual, every single year I get jacked up for this event. The U.S. Open just goes so much above and beyond what other Grand Slams do. Now, I haven't been to other Grand Slams, so I'm not going to sit here and say they're the only slam that does stuff like this. But when you look at Arthur Ashe Kids Day, when you look at what they do for benefits like Ukraine or other benefits that need money, they raise money by getting these players out and having fun. They had Dude Perfect there last week. They had all this stuff. They get the players out having fun. And the whole time I'm watching this, take course on ESPN or on Tennis Channel or on the U.S. Open or um, on social media, all that stuff, all I'm thinking of is we are just a few short days away from these games being done and real matches happening on these courts. These players are go going from laughing and having fun to a killer mentality on these courts in Queens, and I cannot wait for it. This year is gearing up to be one of the great years in the U.S. Open history, not only is Rafa not there and Roger's not there and, you know, it's just Djokovic as part of the big three. But Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz have had one heck of a year together. They've been battling it out at multiple tournaments. It started at the French Open when, you know, Carlos gets hurt a little bit, has some cramps, can't finish, or he does finish, but doesn't look very good in the quarter or in the semifinals. Then they get on to Wimbledon, and Carlos Alcaraz wins just an electrifying final between him and Novak Djokovic. Then it goes to Cincinnati. It's a long, long three-set match that ends in Novak Djokovic beating Carlos Alcaraz. Alcaraz cries in the chair afterwards, and he can hold back tears. He can barely hold back tears while he's talking about his brother who came to visit him and all the other ones that have supported him throughout the years in the post-match presser. Now we've made it to New York. Everything that's happened this year leads into New York. Some players, they're hurt. They're not playing in this tournament. But there are stars all over this tournament. Yeah, Serena Williams isn't there anymore. You could make all these excuses for this year's tournament. But the more I look at the bracket, the more I look at who's there, the more I look at the festivities, the more I hear about what's happening in New York City right now, the more excited I get about the possibilities of this year's U.S. Open. You look at... Guys like Sebastian Baez, who just came off a huge win at Winston-Salem, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. He's coming off a great year. Multiple titles this year. Moving into, U in, into New York City in the U.S. Open. He's got momentum. Daniil Medvedev the other day in a press conference says, I like that you guys are talking about Novak and Alcaraz. I appreciate that. I'm number three in the world. No one's really saying anything about me. And I hope after this tournament... You guys are only talking about me, saying he's going to win this. He wants to win this tournament so bad. 
Guys like that. Sitsipas, who has something to prove. Sverev, since he got hurt, has something to prove. Francis Tiafo back in New York City playing in front of his home fans. He's got something to prove. Can Taylor Fritz actually make a run this year, or is he going to go out early? He's got something to prove. John Isner, his last Grand Slam ever, his last professional tennis points he'll ever play is going to happen in New York City at the U.S. Open. Will he be able to do it? This is his last Grand Slam, a staple of American tennis for so long. Can he do it? All of this happening in New York City. Is Hans Jabeur going to get over the hump? Is it going to be Iga Swiatek? Is she going to take the crown there? Coco Goff has been waiting so long to hoist the crown, to hoist the trophy in New York City. Who is it going to be? All the stars are there. All the moments are waiting to be had. And it's going to happen over the next two weeks. Let's get into it and look at these draws and see what's going on. I'm psyched up. Let's get to the bracket, the draw. What's happening in New York City over the next two weeks? Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, the one seed. Novak Djokovic, the two seed. Very interesting here as Daniil Medvedev gets the three seed, although he is in the top side of the bracket. Not ideal for Medvedev, really. Um, but I guess it doesn't really matter for him. He's got to play Alcaraz or Djokovic at some point. I should say not ideal for Carlos Alcaraz as he now has to play Daniil Medvedev on his way to the final if he were to make it that far. So a couple notable things about the first about the first round. Here's some uh, first-round singles matches on the men's side to keep an eye on. It's uh, Milos Raonic is playing Stefano Tsitsipas. Raonic, if he can get back to some kind of form, that's a battle for Tsitsipas off the back. Uh, Nishioka will play Stan Wawrinka. A good, hard match for both those guys. Uh, Sebastian Baez looks like he's playing Borna Chorich. Interesting, because these two just played... I believe, in Winston-Salem. And Baez won that match. Baez goes on to win Winston-Salem, like I already mentioned. But that's going to be a really good first-round match. Uh, Ugo Humper is going to play Matteo Berrettini. Look for, I don't know where Matteo Berrettini really is in his skill so far this year. I know he's been battling with some injuries, hasn't played a whole lot, but that's one to keep an eye on. Uh, Bublek is playing, Alexander Bublek is playing Dominic Team. I think that's going to be a really good match. I think team can come out on top there. Sometimes, though, when Bublik plays, like, really, really good, he's extremely hard to beat. But if Dominic team can continue to play well and kind of build on what he's built this year, uh, he's definitely a dangerous person in this draw, at least for the first few rounds. Uh, Felix Ogiali-Assim will play Mackie McDonald, Mackenzie McDonald. Uh, the American, that should be a good match because FAA's kind of been all over the place, and McDonald's been playing solid. And then Jerry's going to play Nakashima. That should be a good first-round match. The most interesting thing in this bracket to me is who's on the top side of this bracket. Daniel Medvedev on the top end of this bracket as the three seed, and he will play probably right into Borna Choric or Sebastian Baez, and then he'll end up playing into either Rublev, uh, Hurkacz, Hachinov, Damanur, any of those guys. But they'll have to eventually get to the point where they're going to play Carlos Alcaraz in the semifinals. That could be... You know, any of those guys playing Alcaraz, but then he's got Evans, Greek Spores up there. Uh, Nori and Sferov are both on the top side of that bracket with Dimitrov. So some dangers up there. But for the most part, I think Alcaraz got the worst draw out of the two when it comes to him and Djokovic. Djokovic in his side, the number five seeds there, which is Kasper Ruud, the number four seeds there, which is Holger Runa. But then other than that, like, to get to the semis, he's either going to have to play like some qualifiers or Nakashima, Serendolo, McDonald, FAA, Taylor Fritz, Musetti, Sitsipas. 
Um, he that's setting up for a really good quarterfinal. Could be Sitsipas and Novak Djokovic. But other than that, like Tiafo's in the bottom side. Tiafo actually could make a Tiafo or Tommy Paul could for sure make a run on the top side of the bottom half of the bracket because it's Casper uh, Ruud's on that side, and Casper Ruud is a little hit or miss sometimes. So that is gearing up for one of those Americans to really make a run. The problem with the Americans is Taylor Fritz, Tommy Paul, and Francis Tiafo all on the bottom half of the bracket. Ben Shelton's on the bottom half of the bracket. Um, a lot of those guys, you Chris Eubanks is at the bottom half of the bracket. A lot of these guys that you want to watch, Steve Johnson, bottom Steve Johnson plays Taylor Frist first round. Interesting. But all these guys, bottom half of the bracket. So they're all going to play on the same day, most likely. But also, they all can't make a run because they're all there. So would love to see Ben Shelton, you know, get dangerous here. But who knows if that's actually going to happen. Uh, the bracket looks like a bracket. I mean, the draw looks like a draw. Other than those things I just kind of pointed out, there are some, you know, matches here and there, second, third, fourth round matches that could get really, really good. But it's kind of setting up for, uh, you know, Alcaraz versus it could be either like Rublev or Medvedev in the. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yannick Sinner is at the top side of the bracket with Carlos Alcaraz. Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz could play in the quarters. Man, that would be a good match. That would be a really good match. Could you imagine if you get Alcaraz with Yannick Sinner, and then the winner of that plays either like Medvedev or Rublev or Hercoc or Hachinov, one of those guys, and then the winner of that will play like Novak Djokovic or whoever comes out of the bottom side. Do you see where I'm getting here, though? Like, There's weapons at the top half of this bracket. But not, like, there's some at the bottom half, too. Don't get me wrong, but not like there is at the top half. I think Novak Djokovic kind of wins this bracket. Uh, some of the comments here say Yannick Sinner got a tough draw. Yeah, he would play into Lorenzo Sinego, and then he'd play into Echeverry, Vavrinka, or Nishioka. Damn. And then he would play into probably Sferiv, and then he would play into Alcaraz. If Sinner makes a run here, that'd be incredible. He'd, he'd have to beat some absolute weapons to make it even to the quarters of the semifinals. That could be kind of a Cinderella story. I mean, Cinder can do it. Cinder's really, really good. He can do it. Will he do it, though? That's a big question. I look forward to that. Uh, this bracket looks good. Uh, it's going to be hard for Carlos Alcaraz. He's a youngster. He's not necessarily the... I mean, he is the favorite, but, you know, Novak Djokovic is in this as well. I don't know. So here's where my prediction kind of comes in. Who I think is going to win this draw who I think is going to win the U.S. Open and coming into doing the podcast today I wanted to be able to pick Daniil Medvedev I really did um because he's a three seed I think not a lot of people are paying attention to him not a lot of people are even looking at him and I was like this could be the year that Medvedev actually does something uh again at the U.S. Open right and he's played so well uh, he he has a love-hate relationship with New York, and I had this whole reason why I was going to pick Medvedev. But looking at the draw and looking at the top half being so difficult, sometimes that can work to your advantage because you get to play hard opponents before the final. Other times, you're exhausted by the time you get to the final. I don't want to do this because it's like I was going to pick one of the top three seeds here anyway, and I feel like it's such a cop-out to pick you know the guy that a lot of people think is going to win this tournament, but... 
I'm going to go with Novak Djokovic to win the U.S. Open this year. I just think with the draw he has and the way he can take care of business, when he gets to the final, he's going to be a little bit more fresh. Now, if anybody were to you know go through a battle and be able to do it, it's going to be Alcaraz or it's going to be Daniil Medvedev because they're younger and they can do that. And Djokovic could do that as well. But there's going to be something about kind of a fresh Djokovic in the final compared to, you know, a beaten beaten up a bit Medvedev or Carlos Alcaraz. And are there going to be upsets? Absolutely. Are there going to be people I'm not talking about making runs? Absolutely. Are there going to be, you know, maybe some of these guys not where I think they're going to be? Probably. That could happen as well. But I'm just going with the best educated guess I have at this moment. And the way that Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic are playing, it's really hard to pick not one of those two to win the U.S. Open. The way that they can challenge each other and challenge their opponent at such a high level on the biggest stage, it's so impossible for me not to pick one of these two. So that's my pick. Novak Djokovic to win the U.S. Open. I think he does it. He wins his, what, 24th Grand Slam title? Incredible stuff from Novak Djokovic. Literally 30 minutes ago, I was not going to pick him. But right now, I am picking him. Lock it in. Novak Djokovic wins the 2023 U.S. Open. And he's going to probably beat Carlos Alcaraz in the final in five sets. Let's have another five-setter. That would be fun. That's my guess on this podcast. Let's get over to the women's side. Iga Fiatek looking good at the one seed. She's playing, playing solid all year long here. You go down the bracket here. And the top side, Ostapenko's in the top side. You have... You know, Jen Brady, good to see her back on court. Uh, Petra Kvitova, who has been playing outstanding this year. Maria Sakkari, also on the top half there. A lot of really good players on the top half. But one name I do not... Oh, Elena Rabakina is on the top half there. At least Mertens is on the top half. Uh, who else is up there? Paula Badosa is not playing in this tournament, which I'll get to in a little bit. Sorry, I just thought of that while I was looking through this bracket. The top half is really gearing up for... Um, Iga Swiatek to make a make another run, which are we surprised by? Uh, not really. Arena Sibalenka is the two seed. The bottom half is stacked, I think. Caroline Garcia is the seven seed. She's at the very top of that bottom half. And then as you go down, here's the names. Uh, Alexandrova is there. Vonda Rusova is there. Um, Madison Keys, Alina Spitalina, uh, Jesse Pagula, Anz Jabur. Where did I miss Coco Goff? Oh, Goff's at the top half. Top, top half, top half. I thought Goff was at the bottom half. I was like, man, this bottom half is really stacked. Um, no, Goff's at the top half. That I think Goff, Kvitova, Sakari are really the biggest threats in the top half to Igor Fiatek really doing something. Uh, Azarenka's at the top half as well. But other than that, I think it's going to be those ones that are the biggest threat to Sviatek. But at the bottom half... It's kind of flipped from the men's. Uh, Sabalenka down there. You have uh, Krichikova is down there. You have Andre Jabert, Jesse Pagula, Alina Svitolina, Madison Keys, Vondrasova. All of them. Those are the people I'm really looking at uh, to make a lot of noise at the bottom half of the bracket. That's a tough bottom half. That's a t- and I'd I'd love to I'd love to pick like an underdog or someone that's going to go through a really tough bracket but when you're playing at these grand slams these matches are long these matches are really tough they're hard like if you got an easier bracket that's a world of difference and so that's why I'm pick oh I don't want to pick her because she's the number one seed and you guys are gonna all give me crap because I just picked the easiest people to win these tournaments 
But I think Iga Sviatek could really do some damage here and win another Grand Slam. I think she's played really well this year. I wanted to pick Ons Jabur again. However, her side of the bracket's really hard. She's going to have to play right into uh, Sabalenka, which is going to be tough. I'd love to go Svitolina's route as well or Coco Goff's route as well. I think they could do it. But uh, the way Sviatek has been playing, I think she can make a real run here, do some real damage, and really lift the trophy here at the U.S. Open in New York City. All right, that's the preview of the U.S. Open. What else is going on in the world right now? Sebastian Baez wins Winston-Salem, and we have some withdrawals that have happened from the U.S. Open. Paul Bedosa will not be playing in the U.S. Open. Denis Shapovalov not playing in the U.S. Open. John Isner, like I mentioned, it's his last tournament ever. Um, Sebastian Corda went out of Winston-Salem early. Uh, it looks like he's still going to be playing in the U.S. Open, though, as far as I have seen. So that's good news, obviously, because Sebastian Corda, another American that you want to see play in this tournament. Uh, let's see what other withdrawals or, you know, people that have pulled out of the U.S. Open. Uh, Jack Sock looks like he's not playing in the U.S. Open. And that is going to be what we're going to get to right now. Two retirements happened this week prior to the U.S. Open. Jack Sock announces on Instagram he will not – well, he says he's done with tennis. He just straight up says he's done with tennis, even though it appears that he would that he got a wild card for doubles into the U.S. Open. But it also shows that he signed with the PPA Tour, which is the Pro Pickleball Association or whatever. So I guess he's going to pickleball. I guess that's whatever. Tennis to pickleball. Seems like a natural transition, right? He's going to pickleball. Jack Sock going to pickleball. Looks like he's not playing in the U.S. Open. I guess we're about to find out. Bianca Andreescu has withdrawn from the U.S. Open. She's out. Uh, and Michael Eimer, the Swedish guy, is not playing tennis anymore. He has this suspension kind of looming over his head for missing anti-doping tests. And it looks like he's just retired from the sport of tennis. So, bummer this happened to him. And bummer to not see him on tour. He was he was electric to watch at times uh, and make a big run at certain tournaments and play really, really well. So, he was kind of the heart and soul of Swedish tennis there for a little bit. Even though he, I think him and his brother were kind of good doubles partners for that Davis Cup team and stuff like that. Not saying they were the best players in the world, but they were definitely notable on the tour. So, bummer to see Eimer not be able to play tennis anymore. He's just called it quit. So maybe there's more that goes into that consideration, but uh, bummed to see him not playing anymore on the tour. Last thing here, ATP players to win three-plus titles this season so far. Carlos Alcaraz has six. Medvedev has five. Djokovic has four. Sebastian Baez has three. In good company there, Sebastian Baez. Hope to see you do well at the U.S. Open. That is your U.S. Open preview. A lot to look forward to in New York. If you're not watching the U.S. Open on ESPN or other places, you can get it over the next two weeks. What are you doing? Literally nothing else is happening. Baseball isn't in the postseason yet, right? Football hasn't really started yet. I mean, high school football started, you know, Friday night. You don't have to watch the U.S. Open. Maybe put it on your phone. But... College football starts next weekend. I get that. That's one day. Come on. You have no real excuse not to watch U.S. Open. U.S. Open this week. I will have podcasts coming out throughout the next couple weeks as we kind of catch up with what's happening in New York City. But if you can't tell by this podcast, this is the most energy I've had on here in a long time because I'm jacked about the U.S. Open. Let's go. Watch it this week. Adios. See you in a few.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.